What's up, guys and girls? Welcome to episode number 12 of the Better With Brock podcast. I'm with uh, my client, actually, that uh, we've been together for a long time, Regna Ramos. Is it Ramos or Ramos? How do you say it? Okay. Ramos, yeah. Okay. I got it right. Um, and, And ultimately, man, he's managed an amazing body transformation. Um, he's dropped a significant amount of weight. He looks completely different. I would say his behaviors and lifestyle is completely different. And, you know, from anywhere from nutrition to the amount he moves to the amount he trains. And I really just wanted to get him on to talk about what he's been through because he's, you know, one of the rare cases where he succeeded. A lot of people want to drop a significant amount of weight when they're in that position to do so to become healthier, but he has succeeded. So I really just want to, you know, get his insight on what he's been through. Um, so Regna, give us a, a little insight about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, and I guess, you know, how you came to decide to make a change. Yeah. Well, I am a university professor. I teach architecture courses and I'm a researcher and designer based in Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. So a lot of my life is quite passive. I, there's a lot of my daily life where I'm just sitting at a desk where I'm drawing, where I'm reading, where I'm teaching my courses. Some of them are four hours long. Um, so especially during the pandemic where you're in front of a computer all day long and the gyms were closed, um, I think my weight just got really out of control. But I've always, I've always been chubby. I always, I was always the fat kid at school and I've always struggled with my weight. So I had done diets, especially low carb diets. Um, mm. and I felt like that was the fastest thing that worked. Um, but it's just really unsustainable. So during the pandemic, my, I just, I broke up and all hell broke loose and I was eating everything and anything and there was no gym open anyway. So I tried doing workouts at home and I found them super boring. I honestly really also like going to the gym because I like seeing people and I kind of feed off of the energy on the gym floor. And I also kind of like people watching me. So I think that also kind of gives me like, yeah, like an environment or like a little bit of pressure to be like, Hey, you know, like people are watching. Yeah. I understand that. I just find home workout. Like it, it wasn't working for me. So when I, I tell people it was the, the Instagram gods that sent me your page. You just showed up randomly on the explore page for some reason. And I started looking through the caption that you wrote and what it was so well written. And because I'm a university professor, I pay attention to these things. And it was like, there's no typo. This guy really makes sense. So I started following the content first to see, cause I was kind of thinking about a trainer but I've always found trainers to be quite intimidating. I don't like people telling mm. me what to do. And I tell people the only person I like telling me what to do is Brock. Like nobody else. <laughs> so, so why me though? What makes me different to the other fitness influencers that you hate hearing from? I think that you're just not um, intimidating. I think that there is, especially like uh, as a gay person, you have, there's a softness about you. Like there's a gentility about you. That's not like this super aggressive you have to lose weight. You have to look like this. It was just kind of like a softer approach to fitness, which I res- found it resonated with me. So I, I 
I studied you for a while, like a true researcher would. And I thought like, if I'm going to do this, I need to know what I'm going to get myself into because it's not going to be easy. And I don't want to set myself up for failure. It's not something that I want to start and then not finish. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. So I followed you for a while and, and just saw how you worked and what kind of things you were teaching. And I found it to be really accessible. And I said, okay, so at some point I need to message this guy and say, okay, I'm ready to do this. And it was just kind of like, today's the day, you know, I think I messaged you and I, and I kind of like wanted to see what equipment I needed. And all you said was like, if you have gym access, all you need is like a weight to weigh your food and a weight to weigh yourself on, on mornings every day. And that's how it started. So, so what do you think was the defining point that made you, you know, ask for my advice? Because like, I don't know, maybe it was just an accumulation of all the thoughts or maybe, you know, there was an event or I'm not sure. I see, I see especially on TikTok, I see a lot of people posting before and afters and a lot of the people who lose a significant amount of weight, they, their befores are them crying and saying I was really unhappy. But for me, I honestly, I, I was happy even mm. when I was significantly overweight. And I think the deciding factor was that everything was going pretty well for me in terms of career and my, and my personal life. And I felt that I, that my, I physically wasn't looking as good as I felt on the inside. So it wasn't like I, I was crying and sad about what I looked like and who I was. I thought I was still attractive in my own way. I was still going out on dates, but it was just kind of like, I, if I'm successful at work, if I'm killing it and all these other things, why do I see fitness as something that's so unattainable? Cause I've always liked to go work out. I've always gone to the gym, but mm. it was, I used to do it for, to relieve stress. And I would see people go to the gym and then see results and lose weight. And I was thinking to myself, why is everybody else losing weight? If I'm still going to the gym, Just why as much. am my body not changing? Why am I not losing any weight? And why have I kind of pushed that to the back of my mind where I'm not going to the gym to see results? Like I'm just going to the gym because I have fun with it. So I was like, well, clearly I need somebody to tell me how to do this, to train me. And that's mm. why I decided, okay, I need to train right. Cause I can't do this by myself. Yeah. But that's like a great place to start. Like just training to, to relieve stress. Like, you know, there's, there's worse things you can do to relieve stress. There's a lot of people sure. that, you know, have stressful lives that instead of going to the gym, you know, they go out and they go into the bathroom and do whatever they need to do and come back out. And you know, that's their stress relief. And it's just, you know, like bandaid, bandaid, bandaid. And, you, you know, for you to reach into the gym and go there, that's a great start. But yeah, there's a lot of people that do that, that don't get results. And as a personal trainer, that kind of baffled me a bit. Like when I first started in gyms as a personal trainer very early on, I thought, you know, that like people go to the gym, they just like, you know, this is me naive being really young. Like people go to the gym, they just all get results. And, yeah. you know, I would help some people do that. They're probably more dedicated as a personal trainer, but everyone should be getting results. But the amount of people that are regulars that are doing the same things over and over again, looking the same, just plateauing. Like, I'm like, shouldn't you want to get like a return on yeah. like all this time? Like you're spending, a, you know, five to 10 hours in the gym per week. You know, you're there for an hour and a half in the morning every day, like these regulars. And I was like, man, you guys are just like looking the same. And 
you know, <laughs> like I don't know their goals. Maybe it's just to stay the same and you know to not die and to be healthy and to not be so overweight. And, you know they can still do this and that. But I'm sure there's something inside of everyone that wants to see progress. Of course. And and I think that's you know like where I can help certain people. But like yeah, that next step is what's crucial. So. So what do you think was the like defining part of you actually making progress with me? Because you, you, you know, you finally got the courage to work with me. Like what, like, like what was the switch? What was different to what you were doing on your own to when we worked together? Yeah, I think, well, one of the reasons why I, even now that we've been together for such a long time and I still like the one-on-one thing is because I, I like that you design a program that's just for me and for my, my personal goals and considering also my because you know how i busted my back at the beginning of the process and that's kind of like still been healing and i still go to the chiropractor so i like that i have someone who's designing something for me and it feels very bespoke and kind of just for me Mm. and it feels like a game plan that's it's it's my strategy it's not the the fix for all general training yeah which is what i was doing when i was not training with you i was one of my friends gave me his routine and I was just kind of going through his routine every single time, you know? And then because you don't have the, the discipline, um, sometimes the equipment wouldn't be available and I just would skip that one and I would do something else. So it wasn't like I was, I like this idea of training the, single, the same routine um, once a week for four weeks and then shifting. Mm. So instead of doing the same thing over and over again, which also gets quite boring, this method where things change every four weeks and the calories change to me, it's almost like a, like a game. So mm-hmm. it entered, it makes it more entertaining as well. It's not like I'm just going through the motions of the same thing over and over again. It always feels like I'm pushing myself and progressive overloads and, and you know, so it just feels like I'm challenging myself. Whereas before I was just repeating. Yeah, that's the difference between, I guess, following, like following a random routine that your friend gives you or, or, or there's also the other thing, like, so there's doing the same thing over and over again, which gets stale and stops working after a while. But then there's the people that will just do something different every day. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a lucky dip. It's like, oh, what do I do today? Oh, today I'm doing bench press. And then on oh, the next day, oh, I'm doing squats. And then oh, I'm doing bench press again the next day because I just don't know what else to do. And that's like just as bad. Like I like to say random workouts get random results. Right. And, and then you could probably say, you know, the same workouts will get you the same results. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, it's that balance of giving yourself something that you can do and get better at and progress within, but then flip it on its head to get a different stimulus to continue to make progress. Right. So, and that's why I would like often people say, Oh, can I do your program? Like when I was, you know, earlier on on Instagram, I was posting a lot more workouts and I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. People say like, Oh, I want to do that. Can you send me a program? And I was like, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, you don't train as much as I do, or you train more than I do, uh, or you don't respond as well to these sort of exercises or heavier weights that I respond to. And then it's, you know, it just doesn't work like that. Fitness, you know, there are general programs that can work, but that's why I'm so pro education because if you have a general thing, Obviously, it can still work, like say one of my programs, like Built by Brock, but there's education that can give you context behind when things don't really suit for you. Like, for example, when exercises aren't free, I, und- I understand that now you have a bit of a better understanding that you could replace an exercise 
or you could potentially come back later to it, or there's yeah. other very yeah. things that you could do. I'm also, like I found that one of the best things about um, working with you and, and knowing what the game plan is, is that I feel much more confident going to do things that normally I would be kind of intimidated to do or scared to do. Like I would avoid the free weight section altogether. I wouldn't touch a Smith machine. I wouldn't do really um, barbells either. So I would stay in like other stations, but knowing what I needed to do and exactly how many of those to do and how much to rest in between. Cause you also, you waste so much time in between, in between sets and reps. If you're not like, you know, you, I, if there's you no plan. Yeah. And it's like, it's been six, eight minutes and you see people scrolling and scrolling and texting. And it's like, <laughs> that was me as well. So having a game plan makes me feel much more confident because I don't feel like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like I feel like I, I have the necessary um, references, especially when you're starting out and you've got all these videos, which are so helpful to see, mm. you know what you need to do. Yeah. I think that's one thing that people underestimate like to give them confidence in the gym. Like a lot of people, a lot of people, I would almost say the majority of people that are in the gym <clears throat> almost lack confidence or lack uh, the certainty that, that what they're doing is right. They, you know, I get a ton of messages and even emails from clients like, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing. And I think, you know, I might go try the squat rack, but I'm intimidated because I think everyone's looking at me or maybe some, some buff dude is going to want to use it. So I'm going to step back. But and it sounds like I'm just trying to preach for personal trainers or trying to sell my programs when I say it, which I'm not. I'm just trying to say, like, if you have a game plan, you can go, I belong in the squat rack because this is what I need oh, yeah. to do. You know, yeah. like it, it's, it becomes a bit less emotional and a bit less scary because it's just like you have to do that thing. And it's yeah. like anything, you know, like if you want to successfully build something, you have to like have a plan. You know, I guess as you study design, you know, buildings or, you know, whatever you're trying to create, there has to be a game plan. You can't just yeah. come in and be like, all right, I'm just going to do this and just see how I feel and, you know, do this. Like if you have no confidence in, uh, in, in a plan, then there's going to be no execution. Yeah. So For me, like one of the most intimidating things to start were pull-ups, even assisted on with a bench. I, I was so scared because I feel like it's a very visible exercise to do. And if you fuck up, people will be looking at you, but really... I think that nobody's really paying attention to, to it's you. True, everyone. Man. It's true. Like I'm, I'm just thinking about like, am I breathing right? Is the form correct? Am I counting this, the, the seconds in between, you know? So I'm really in my head and I feel like it's the best thing because I'm not focused on work. I'm not focused on problems. I'm just like inside my body and it feels really cool. So what were you doing with your training before you started following my program? Like you said that you were staying away from free weights. Like what would a session look like for you? A typical session would be to do maybe app crunch machines. I would do shoulder press, but on a machine. So anything that I could sit down that I didn't have to lift a dumbbell or go to that area with the mirrors, that was the most intimidating thing. I would also start the sessions with cardio. So I wouldn't have as much energy when I was doing, when I was doing weights. Um, I also was just like winging in, do I do eight reps? Do I do 10? Do I do 12? Like I wasn't, it's really hard also to keep track of, if you're doing random things, it's really hard to know how you're progressing. So if I did chest press 
on Monday and it's Wednesday and I don't do it again, I might not do it again till next week. And I don't remember really what I would, how much I was bench pressing that day. So it just becomes really random and you lose track of what I can physically do. And one of the things that your program helps me to do, especially with this one that you, that you designed, that every, every set is supposed to get heavier and heavier is to push how much I think I can actually do. Also, like knowing what my limitations are. But sometimes I'm like, oh, actually, I, I could do five pounds more, which mm. and surprises me. And now next time I know that that's where I can start. Um, so instead of just avoiding equipment altogether, I, it's just much, I feel much more confident instead of just having to stay where everybody else is staying, sitting down and waiting around for the equipment to become available. And as a researcher, it just makes sense. Like you have like data <laughs> to, to, to pull from and understand that the trend needs to be heading in a heavier direction every set or yeah. every week. Or, and I think that's where people that are doing random exercises, random workouts or, you know, random sets and reps, like, should we do 20? Oh, I'll do 25 now. And then maybe I'll do eight after this. Like there's no data. There's no trend. It, it, it's all just like a shotgun, like shooting everywhere. Like I'm just hoping it yeah. hits something. Yeah. I'll rest two minutes in between or I'll rest five minutes in between. So it, it becomes really random. Yeah. And it's hard to, to, to know if you're progressing. So yeah. back to, I guess, you know, your progress, we've kind of talked about the way your chaining's changed, but, but how did your nutrition change? Because I know that this is a bit of a game, a game changer yeah. for you. No, for sure. I think that, that the thing that I identified at the beginning was that I had a really unhealthy relationship with food and I was losing control and I'm a control freak. So <laughs> I, like, you know, which so, is what you want in a designer, by the way. Yeah. So I, I just felt like I had control over so many things in my life. But I, at the moment when I was sitting down to have dinner or lunch, I was just like having BK five times a week. And it was just like a total lack of control that when I finished eating, I felt guilty every single time. And I just thought like, this is BS. Like I can't live like this because I don't want to feel guilty every single time I eat something. So my relationship with food has completely changed. I still think that I'm prone to those behaviors because it was so many years of that being the norm that I still, um, even when I'm at 2000 calories a day, I'm still very like mindful. Don't slip. Don't go back into that. Um, eat anything, everything still counter count everything. I think the only thing that I don't count is if I use ketchup on French fries. But at the beginning, I was so obsessive that I would even count my bubble gum. Like how many calories? <laughs> I was there too. Yeah, I was there too. I was like, five calories in this? I'm not even eating it. <laughs> yeah, so I think that understanding and seeing food as nutrition and actually your body needing to get certain sources out of it to change and to be healthy is one of the biggest things because like I said, I was going to the gym three times, three times a week normally um, doing random things, but I was still doing random things. I was doing cardio, but then I was eating the world when I got home for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I wasn't seeing any progress because I, my relationship with food sucked. Like I can't even imagine how many calories I was eating per day. And that's the crazy thing. Like when you don't track it, it's so crazy how, oblivious you are to actually what you're consuming and i'm not trying to demonize not tracking calories and saying that everyone needs to track calories because i believe there's a time and place for it and there's a certain group of people that really thrive on it and there's a certain 
group of people that probably wouldn't benefit from it as much as we do. But like, it's crazy. Like people are like, oh, you know, I'm probably consuming around 2000 calories. And then you kind of see what they're eating. I'm like, man, you need to double that yeah. at least like, like, especially, you know, like to, to take your food, for example, if you're having BK like five times a week, like that's, yeah. you know, not that you can't do that, but like the calories add up, especially when you kind of be become aware of what you're consuming. But where do you yeah, think your, I guess, relationship or lack of relationship with food came from? Like, where did that <clears throat> guilt originate from? Well, I think just to say, to contextualize a little bit, Puerto Rican food is very, very heavy. People, when people come to Puerto Rico, like tourists come to Puerto Rico, they think that they're going to be served, like it's a tropical island, so they think that they're going to be served fruit bowls and refreshing drinks, but it's, everything is deep fried here. So it's <laughs> fried plantain, deep fried pork, fried chicken, fried pork chops. So our, it's very carb heavy, it's rice and beans. It's, you know, so our diet is very caloric and very fatty as well. Mm. So this is what we're taught even as kids, like this is what you eat every single day. And when you're not aware of how much calories, and I think it, if you're prone to, to, like my body type, like I gain weight really quickly, um, if you're not aware of these things, it's really easy to lose control. But then also with work, I don't really like to cook to begin with. I don't really have that much time. So it's much easier to, on my way from work, pick up something at BK, which is next to my apartment, you know? So it's about convenience and it's something that really had to change if I wanted to see the results that I, that I wanted to see. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was researching you at the beginning, because I knew that my relationship with food was going to change. I thought it was going to be much more restrictive. I think that the, the flexible dieting approach is a godsend because it's mm. not like I'm, like I tell people I can eat anything I want. My mom, when I go home for the weekend, my mom is like, what can't you eat? And I'm like, I can eat everything, but <laughs> if I eat this for lunch, I'm not going to be able to eat that for dinner. So it's more like, I see it more like a budget. Um, mm. and, and tracking that is indispensable. So it was a combination of my, my upbringing and what, what we eat in, the, in this island and the time I have and what I enjoy. I don't like cooking. I've had to invest time now to do it. And it's much easier because I know now exactly how many calories are in the things that I'm eating. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it does make you the least favorite person to ask to dinner. Like my friends are like, how many <laughs> calories are you on now? Because like, if they invite me to dinner um but yeah so what's so what's changed from your day-to-day -day? like as you said you'd kind of get bk on the way home i assume your lifestyle is pretty similar in terms of your work and being busy because that's usually a constant in our life but what's changed like have you been meal prepping you said you've been cooking a bit more have you been instead of getting bk picking up something else i found, I found a happy medium so i've just discovered that Roasted chicken, like rotisserie chicken, is super healthy, and I can order that if I don't want to cook and have that delivered. So I don't have to cook the meat itself, but I'll make a wrap and I'll add the spinach. So I've just had to man up and invest time in in meal preparation and cooking. But if I don't want to, if I don't want to cook and I can order something, I'll choose the healthy option. Like I don't mm. go to BK directly and I won't order a whole pizza and eat the whole pizza, you know? 
Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's the thing that we need to understand with people just trying to make a transformation is like, you can't just expect to live the same and get the same results. Like people are often like, Oh, fitness isn't for me. You know, I don't want to like change my life, but I'm like, well, like in anything in life, there demands a change. Like you have to, like, if you want to earn more money, you, you know, you probably have to uh, study and increase your knowledge or you have to work a bit harder. You have to sacrifice some time. You have to sacrifice, I don't know, sitting around and watching a show on Netflix for doing an hour of courses to upskill you so you can get a promotion or you can do a side hustle or whatever. Like there has to be a change for anything. Even if you want to start you know, seeing someone or get into a relationship or, you know, do whatever you want with someone else and you're single, you can't do single things like, like just sit at home and eat ice cream and you know, whatever you have to try, go on dates or try engage with people, try talk to people. There has to be a change. And I think it's so unfair for people to be like, Oh, you know, I want to get these results, but they're not willing to give something else up. Like there has to be a trade off. Yeah. There's also, I, for me, I think, like when we started and you ask in, in the questions that you ask us, like what are your, what are your goals and why are you, why do you need me? I think that one of the things I said was, um, like I want, ideally I want to have like a rugby type of body. Like I never thought that I could have, and I don't have the, like the most, I, I mean there is a drastic transformation, but it's not like I'm done. Very drastic. I still have work to do. So I never thought that I could get to where I am now. I always thought that this would take like so much time and so much effort and it was unachievable for me. So when I saw like the first two six packs, I was like, oh, what? Like how is that even possible? It becomes, it's, it's not this thing that I thought was impossible to get. It's not like I, I am devoted all my life to fitness, but it has required that I make, for example, one of the things was I don't put off the gym. So I schedule my gym sessions almost like it's like I'm going to church. Like this is, I need to, <laughs> I don't take any meetings on Thursday afternoons and I don't take any meetings on Mondays between one to four because otherwise it becomes really easy to displace the gym. So I've had to switch the mentality where it's like, if you want to see the results and if you want to do this right, there can be no excuses. Like this is the amount of times that you have to go to the gym and you can't change the gym because I know that it's, for me, it was easy to say, oh, I'll just go some other day. But then the end of the week is there and you've lost. That um, other day doesn't come. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's it. It's trade-off. You, know, you have to get serious about it. And scheduling your workouts in is a good one. That's why I was uh, – well, that's kind of what I was talking about before we jumped on the podcast. Like for me, my studies sometimes just take a hit because I'll you – know, I've, I've kind of developed the mentality like you that I'll always get my gym session in. I'll always yeah. do it. But for me, studies is something that's probably less enjoyable for me than going to the gym. So I have to do it. So the thing is, that, like what I trialed today and I've done it before, I'll just wake up and do it straight away. Because then if I know it's done, things like the gym or things like work that are like strong non-negotiables for me, I will always make time for that. So I need to kind of do the kind of like, there's that saying, what is it? I don't know. What, is it like kiss the ugly frog in the morning or like eat the frog? Like, like kind of like do the thing you hate the most first. Yeah. Like if you have a big list of things, like I've got a whiteboard behind me that has everything I need to do today. If I do the thing that I hate the most first, then everything else seems much easier. But if you leave yeah. it, 
you know, I guess the frog gets uglier and uglier and uglier and uglier as you get more tired. Like, but like, what, like once you have your fresh energy, you do that thing straight away and then it's yeah. easier to do. To come back I to your, that. sorry, you, you go. I, I tried that to get the gym out done in the morning. Um, and then as I, as I got more familiar with the routine and whatnot, I realized that my optimum hour for a workout is right after lunch. So I, I just have more strength. I feel more awake. I feel more alert in the morning. I get hungry during the workout. So yeah. for me, like 1 to 2 p.m. is I realize it's the ideal time. Like that's when my body performs the best. So I moved it from the morning to the afternoon because that's what works for me. I've never understood people that can work out first thing in the morning, especially without eating food. Like I, I, I tried it for a bit too. I tried to do it like you and I would wake up like 5.30, get to the gym at six and like train my workout and I would struggle. I would struggle. Yeah. I was just training on pure determination, like nothing else. Like, <laughs> like, like my weights were not heavy. Like I was like, yeah, and I was hungry. I'm thinking about breakfast and I'm like fatiguing. And then I'm like, I'm like looking at my program. I'm like, I've got three sets left. There's quite a lot of times where I would just can them and just go home just because I was starving. Yes, on Sunday, I, was, I went in the afternoon anyway, and I was just like, this 1,700 calorie thing, it's like I was so hangry. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I powered through the workout, but I was literally, like this was me holding my stomach during the workout because I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten, but I'm just like constantly hungry. I, I know that I only have one week left on this, so I'm powering through. So what gets you through those times that are tricky in the calorie deficit? Because we've, we've been in a calorie deficit for, you know, significant amounts of time. Um, and a lot of people try diets. A lot of people fail diets. What's been the thing that gets you through? Because a lot of people just struggle with it. Yeah. I think the, the, the thing that gets me through is that I actually see the results with you. So it's not this diet that I was trying and, I don't know if I'm making any progress or not. I can literally like measure my body. I can weigh myself every day and I take pictures. So I, I know that it's working and that makes all the difference in the world because I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Like I know that even if I'm a little bit hungry now, when I weigh myself tomorrow morning, I'm probably, it's probably going to be worth it and that I'm closer to my goal. So not like shooting bullets in the air, hoping that it's working gets mm -hmm. me through every day. So I know that it's actually doing something. I'm also like complementing it with exercises. And if I'm really hungry, then, you know, I, I might eat some yogurt and then I won't eat as much as night. Although, you know, I did tell you the other day, I had this massive ice cream craving and I rather just go for, eat that ice cream and sleep. Because if I go to bed and I'm hungry, I just won't fall asleep and I'll just get hungry and hungry as the night goes by. And then I don't get my eight to six, six to eight hours of sleep. So I've also now allowed myself to know, at the beginning I was scared that if I, if I messed up one day, I would lose momentum and, and just like say, fuck it and, and not continue. But now I have the discipline, like it's been a, over a year, that I know that if I ate that ice cream that day, I'm still at the gym the next day, like there's not gonna be any excuse. And I'm still gonna do my, my diet the rest of the day and I'm not gonna give up. So I, I trust myself now. And knowing that even if I'm lenient one day, my track record shows that I am capable of getting back on track the next day. 100%. Yeah, that's what I love about flexible dieting too, is like once you open up the idea of thinking, 
that it's not just a day-to-day basis. It's like a weekly calorie budget, or even like if you take a step back and look at your overall trajectory, which I posted about the other day, like if you step back, zoom out and go, well, I started here and now I'm here. You know, that one day of having an ice cream doesn't look like a big deal once you have that perspective. But often people, when they're starting diets, it's a day by day basis. Oh, I failed this day. So that means I'm a, I'm a failure. That means my fitness is a failure. And I'm, yeah, I'm like, screw it, man. I'm out of here. But once you understand like that, there's a bit of grace between that period of like, okay, you've had an ice cream, but you know, maybe the next day you eat less or maybe you just take it on the chin and go, well, I made a mistake. I'll try not to do that next time and have a bit more discipline. At the beginning, it was definitely worth being that disciplined. And like I said, like even tallying how much that piece of gum had, (laughs) because you just don't know. You just have no idea how much calorie is in a bag of M&Ms, which I love. They actually helped me think a lot. Like I think the crunch is something, there's something in my brain and it's chocolate and it makes me really be able to think. So, but now I know that there's like 250 calories in that bag of M&Ms and it's like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's a whole meal. So, yeah. so at the beginning it was really, really helpful for me to not allow myself um, failure and be really strict on myself so that now I know that I have the discipline to not beat myself and like flagellate myself if I, if I have a drink at dinner or if I had that ice cream before bed and let the record show that I did not gain one pound the day after I ate that ice cream. It's fine. It's fine to have ice cream. I had a, man, I was, uh, um, well, I'm not trying to lose weight at the moment. So I actually have quite a lot of calories to work with. But last night I got a, a big tablespoon of peanut butter and I just put it in the ice cream tub and just sat down and ate. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was like, I'm just going for it. But the power of that is like, yeah, like the flexible, like the old me would be like, you can't have that, especially when it's dark, like having cup, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this is fat storage o'clock. You know what I mean? So like, it's a, yeah, it's a journey, man. But tracking calories is something that's literally saved my life. And I did, like, I have to stress, I was obsessive at first. So I can understand where people say tracking calories is, is obsessive, don't do it, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get where that stems from. I don't agree with it, but I've been there. Like I used to count my almonds, like, you know, like I, I memorized there was seven calories per almond, you know, so I would limit myself to 10 or 20 yeah. on a good day if I was feeling generous with myself, you know, I would get cans of tuna that were in spring water the smallest cans possible because I knew that that was, you know, the lowest calorie and I would, you know, just kind of navigate my day through kind of tracking things obsessively, which I know probably wasn't the healthiest at the time, but now looking in hindsight, I have this understanding where it's almost like you can see into the matrix and no one else can, especially people that haven't tracked calories before because you're sitting at a dinner table or you're at a wedding and there's food out and you can kind of see, okay, that's protein, that's carbs, that's fat, that's, you know, that's worth this, that's worth this. And, you know, not to become overwhelmed and be like obsessing about calories at a wedding. It's something that just goes on in the background of your head that you can make conscious decisions when you're out socially to not screw yourself over, you know? And, and I, I think if you did have to obsess at the start to overcome that, that fear, of not knowing, like once you have that knowledge, it's such a blessing because if you don't, I was talking about this uh, yesterday on a podcast, like the, the unknown is where the fear comes from. And then when that fear builds, that's where the anxiety comes from. And that's where 
you start to generate these thoughts of, oh, fitness isn't for me. I'm just going to stuff it up. And then you just don't end up starting. But, you know, like there's worse things to obsess over. Like people obsess over some stupid things. If you're obsessing about calories just to kind of help yourself out nutritionally, I, you know, I think there's worse problems. No, for sure. I, I, I mean, like I said, I'm, an, I'm a control freak. So I, some of my friends say, like, how are you able to do this for such a long time? And how long are you going to be able like, how long are you doing this for? Like, is this sustainable? And I think that for me, because I, I like control and I like, I really enjoy knowing what I'm going to eat the moment I wake up and tallying, okay, so for dinner, I'm going to have this. And there's, yeah. those are probably, I don't really like. So it's a bit of a game. So, yeah, it is a game. So I find it really fun. I, can, I understand that for some people, it must be hell. But in my case, I quite enjoy it. And I also tell my friends, like, if I, yeah, like if I don't count them today, it's not going to make an impact in the long run. I think that they, they, I think they're both impressed and also kind of like, how long is he going to do this? Also worried. <laughs> <laughs> like worried, yeah. They're like you're so thin now. I'm like, actually, I'm not, not thin, but I'm better than I was. But in comparison to where you were, your progress has yeah. been substantial. Like how many pounds are you down today? I'm trying, total. Get, I'm trying to get to the, to the 70 pound mark. It's between 68 and 67. And I'm hoping that it will be 70 by the end of the week. And not for any other reason than to just say 70. Like it's it's just a milestone. Years. Yeah. It's not like I'm, my body is going to look ridiculously different. <laughs> if I'm two pounds lighter, but it's just like the number is there's like a nice end to that phase. Because I didn't think that it was even going to be 70. And I, and I think to myself, sometimes I wonder myself, did Brock, when I first messaged him, did he think that I would be working with him this long and that I would have dropped this, this amount of weight? Well, that's always the goal, man. Like, but, but for me, like, I'm never going to, when people come to sign up with me for an eight-week block, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, like in my head, I'm not going to always say to myself, I'm going to have these guys for years and stuff like that because it really depends. Like some people, you know, I've had for over 80 weeks, which is, you know, coming like, like some I've had over three years. Like my, like when I was face to face personal training, I had clients for three years, four years that just wouldn't leave. And like, not that I wanted them to leave. I, I mean, like that, that would just stay. But I think it's, you know, when you find something that works for you in something that you care about a lot, that, something that you haven't got progress in before it's actually quite you know it's something you want to hold on to and i think that's where you, you you know not to compliment myself but like you know i'm a trainer that's like founded in research and actually focuses on results not just churning in clients and being like hey bye i think yeah. that's you know i think that's where that's important yeah i agree and like i sometimes I get messages from people on my Instagram and they're I, sometimes people want like a quick fix solution. Like how do I lose weight and how, what have you done to lose weight and build muscle? Um, and it's like, you kind of have to like the muscles will come if you're, if you're doing weights and you have a good program, but my goal, I needed to lose a lot of weight because I was 227 pounds and I'm five foot eight. Like I'm, 173 centimeters high it's i it was a massive amount of weight on my body so like sometimes i see myself and i don't even like recognize i think sometimes i even see myself um larger than i am like my friends are like have you seen yourself i'm like i still i still like i think it's gonna take some 
some time to see myself and to not adjust. same person because I'm so used to seeing that that same person. So when I started changing, like I needed to buy clothes, like that was one of the most exciting parts. I remember when I had lost four pounds, and I was like, nobody has said that I've lost four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I started seeing the clothes not, no longer fit properly and starting to, to buy new clothes, that's when I was like, I would see the clothes and I was like, there's no way I fit in this. And then you wear it and it's like, it, and you, you just, you lose, I think we're, our, it fucks up with our mind. Like you lose perception. It becomes like this really warped thing. So it's been, it's definitely been fun. It's one of the funnest things I've ever done. So what's like, the main benefits you've felt of dropping weight, being this new person? Um, what are the, I, like I said, I was happy before. I think I'm happier now. I think I, I'm prouder of myself. I found a new category of, of like category achieved, like new level unlocked in the things that I'm able to do. So I feel very proud of myself and confident, not in the way that I look, but in my capacity to, to achieve to things or to, yeah. or to stick to something and achieve something like to achieve yeah. goals. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a testament of, of hard work and me being able to, to put in that work. Um, and that all, I think gives you a lot of confidence in other sectors of your life. It's not oh, just 100, about- 100% man. I love the ripple effect of, of training and I've kind of stood by it. And I think that's something that's, stuck with me for my whole life because I've trained from such a, such a young age. And even from when I was too young to lift weights, when I was six years old, I still had this diligence of going to sports practice of game day on Saturday, like having, having this diligence of hard work. And now that it's in the gym, it's like training five days, six days a week. It's this like work ethic that you generate and, and you see it with people that work out that they're kind of driven because of what they do in the gym like they have a program they follow it they do what needs to be done they show up like you know regardless of their program if it's doing well or if they're doing random workouts and stuff take that out just the act of sticking to something and trying to progress in heavier weights it kind of has this ripple effect that has you know it has to pour out in your professional life or else it's like yeah yeah i don't know something's wrong like Like, yeah the gym and, and then there's the, also the kind of like the, the mental part, like the emotional and the psychological benefits. Like I found during this, you know, how I, my, my show, Queertopia, just opened at a museum here. And the months of production towards that show were super stressful. But I, I still went to the gym four or five times a week, depending on what the program was. Um, and it helped me. And like I said before, this, this not listening to anything and just listening to your breathing and counting and counting and counting. Like my brain was resting from all the problems that, that were going on in the show. So when I needed to go back to work, it felt like I was able to just come up with solutions quicker and pivot and be able to, to work through the chaos. Because I think that my brain really appreciated those two hours that it wasn't thinking about problems. Like it was just focusing on my body and my breathing kind of like resting. So when I needed it to power back on, I just felt like it was quicker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I found that too. Like I, I use it as a stress relief. I kind of used to like do it a lot later in the day, but now I do it kind of like in between. And then I come back and do a couple hours work after that. But yeah, I, I, I actually feel refreshed. Like 
And I found that um, like my wife feels the same too. Like when you train, you're using energy, but somehow when you come back, you're like more energized. It doesn't yeah. really make sense because you're like absolutely smashing yourself when you're training. You know, I've seen you train. You know, you've seen videos of me train. My wife trains just as hard. We like go for it and we come back and we're like feeling great. And then the days that you don't train, you feel like you're reserving energy. You often feel more tired. I, I, I think I feel more tired on my rest days. I can't, I find it really, unless I have like a really busy day planned where I'm keeping my mind doing like elsewhere, I don't enjoy staying at home watching TV knowing that I could be at the gym on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. just rather, I'd rather go and, and do an, an extra day than, than just not doing it. Like I, I, I just enjoy it. Like it becomes happiness for me. Like I'm mm. much more happy when I'm there and I'm doing it and how I feel about myself after is great. So I have to force myself to, you also need a break. Like your body needs also Yeah, a you rest. do need to recover as well. <laughs> so just stay, you know, stay put. It's okay. You'll go, you'll go tomorrow. So it's just been like, like it's crazy journey. And I think everyone's super proud of me and I'm really proud of me. No, I'm proud of you as well, man. It's, it's, I know, it's thanks. massive. Like we've been on this journey for a while. We've gone through different programs. You've become more advanced as a lifter, you know, tackling more, I guess, complex exercises, different strategies with programs. Yeah. Uh, what's one way that you've been able to be consistent with your travel? Because you've gone on a few holidays while we've been together too. And yeah. um, that's where people like fall short like training, like a lot of people that travel a lot are like, I can't do it because like I travel. So, and I understand it's tricky, man. Like on my honeymoon, I'm not saying that this was really like a common travel, but I definitely took a hit. Like a honeymoon's, you know, a bit of a, you know, like you're not there to, to, to train, you're there to enjoy yourself. But like, uh, we still trained every now and then, but like, you know, when you travel, there's flights, there's lack of sleep, you know, there's like, kind of average gyms when you go to hotels and stuff or there's no gym or the or you or it says there's a gym and you go there and there's a treadmill you're like this isn't a gym man this isn't a gym <laughs> like like how did you stick to stick to your plan and just keep keep making progress um i like i the the, the time that i've gone away i get daily passes for a gym like for a good gym like i would i rather I'd rather just go and, and do it because otherwise, like I did go on one trip and I, I think I, I remember telling you, I, I'm not bringing gym clothes for this trip. And is it okay if I go to the gym, like finish all my routine before I go and then there's like this five day gap where I don't work out. And I did it and I just didn't enjoy it. Like I felt bad. Like I felt like I could be, I could have easily gone to the gym. Like I'm just doing nothing here. So I've just, if I can be flexible and just go a couple times while I'm on vacation, I still, I do, I always do as many times as I have to go to complete the program. Um, whether I do two on vacation or three or four or five, it just depends. But I personally, I think it depends on people. I personally rather go, like I'm going on, on another trip in a couple of weeks and I'm, I plan, like I have to get, uh, I have to check in baggage. I can't bring carry on because I have to bring gym clothes. And I have to bring different types of shoes and whatnot. So it becomes also a thing of planning and it's more, it's more costly. Um, but I know that I want to eat and I want to drink a few cocktails when I'm there. So I need to go to the gym. You know, and you if still want to make progress. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I did the thing where I didn't bring my gym clothes and I ended up regretting it thinking, okay, I'm going to have to buy clothes and go to the gym. So I rather just, say I'm going to go and, and, and I enjoy it 
that's my my case. I don't think that it works like that for everyone. But in my Definitely case, not. I like the gym and I rather just enroll in a day pass at the gym and and do it because I I feel much better about myself. Yeah, and I think that there's often times on vacation where there's like a lull in, a lull in a day where it's like. Well, like, this is, I guess, what I feel because I've been to the gym. I'm like, it's time to go to the gym. Like, people are just like, like, I don't know. I just have a feeling I'm like, it's gym time. Like, people are, like, chilling out. Like, some people, it's like the time in the day where it's, like, before dinner, I find it's, like, somewhere between three to five where you've done the activities, you're walking around, blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, oh, I'm going to take a nap or I'm just going to lie on my phone for an hour. I'm going to read. I'm like, it's gym time. It's time to go. Because... Yeah, like it feels good to train. And like my my goalposts shift when I'm traveling. Like I'm not like I'm going to be the strongest person that I've ever been. I'm going to lift PBs because often when I'm traveling, there's, you know, like I've said, the hotels aren't that great. It's more so I just want to maintain what I'm doing. But it also feels good to really just exert yourself whilst you're like training. Like on honeymoon, when we were um, uh, away, like the gym was actually pretty good. Yeah. But the goal wasn't really to follow my program to the T and like progressive overload, this and that. It was more so because I couldn't do all the exercise. I was just like following the broad structure, swapping exercises in. But it, it, it felt really good to like go in with my wife, train. And it's also fun. Like I'm helping her out with exercises. I'm like, you know, try this, elbows down. Like I actually find that really fun. And she likes yeah. it too. And then yeah. when we're like, it wasn't really to justify our calories because, you know, on honeymoon, it was just like, you know, like we weren't really focused on trying to stay in the best shape of our lives, but it was more so just like, it's like, I, I enjoy it. And I actually look back on the honeymoon and like, those are parts that I enjoyed. Sure. I enjoyed, enjoyed snorkeling with Eagle rays and seeing dolphins on the boat. But then I'm like, man, it was actually fun training too. Like, For sure. I think that, I think that too. And I, I think, I think that a lot, a lot of like, before you start, and maybe even some people who do train, there's the idea that you go to the gym because you have to, not because you love it or like it. And I have been kinder to myself when people say like, oh, you don't have to go to the gym at all, like as much as you do. But it's like some people like to go to the beach and sit and do nothing and read a book or listen to music while sitting on the beach. Why is it bad that I rather- Want to go and lift weights. Yeah. I like when I go out on the holiday, that's part of what I do. Like I want to see the gym. I want to see the people that go to the gym. And, and like I said, because I know that I have a tendency to pack on weight easier than to lose it. If I want to enjoy the local cuisine, then I'm happy for the trade-off to be to go to the gym because I'm enjoying it anyway. And that way I don't feel like an absolute um, <laughs> failure if I have barbecue ribs with french fries at night you know yeah exactly yeah i was having this conversation with someone at the gym yesterday and she was saying like when she goes on holiday because we were talking about honeymoons because you know it's fresh in our mind and she was saying that when she went on one with her husband she loved hanging by the pool uh you know like listening to music reading books and i was like that's just not me like i get itchy feet very easily like Sometimes my yeah. wife films me and like, I'm just standing there with my feet crossed, like tapping my feet. Like I look like I want to move. And I even want to, like, I get this thing when I eat, a, like eat at dinner. Sometimes I just need to stand up and walk around. It's a weird thing. It's like my, like, I'm like considered a hard gainer anyway. So genetically I have a higher neat level than most people, like a higher tendency to move. That's just me as a kid. My, like, I've just always moved. Like, that's just a trait that I've always had. And I just yeah. stand around like kind of like, like I just want to move. So to me, 
at the honeymoon, there wasn't really a time where I would just lay down in the sun unless I was asleep. Like, so if I'm laying down, I'm asleep <laughs> or I'm like, I don't know, like answering DMs or like doing something on my phone, like writing a caption or posting a reel or, you know, answering something back. Like I, I just like to do things. And yeah, everyone's different. Like that's the beauty of life in general. Like some people like to sip cocktails by a pool. I couldn't think of anything worse. I'd rather like go, <laughs> I'd rather go for a snorkel or I'd rather go for a walk or like, you know, back in the Maldives, like, like get on our bicycle and go bike to a beach that we haven't been to before. Like that stuff yeah. for me is really fun, but everyone's different. And I don't think we should be like, you know, when people want to go to the gym, like, oh man, come on, we're on holiday. What are you doing? Like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's like, bro, yeah. just let me train, man. Like, I'm having yeah. fun. I'm having just as much fun as you are at yeah. the pool having cocktails, like in the gym. I was talking um, about this with a gym friend I have. Um, and he loves to go to the beach. I mean, we live in a tropical Caribbean island. So <laughs> I wouldn't, man. A lot yeah. of love to go to the beach. But I have a threshold. Like, if I am at the beach, I can't. Like after two hours, I am ready to go home. Like I'm, not, it's enough. I have to pee. I'm hungry. I'm bored. Like I, it's. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting there. If I get up, I'm worried somebody's gonna steal my shit. So I'm like, it's not. I would rather just like I remain pale and not be tanned because it's so boring. This like, especially if I'm by myself, and especially since I'm not even drinking because I can't afford the calories at the moment. So I'm just not like. I'd rather go to the gym and that's what I'll do. But it's crazy. Like this movement thing, this, this, this hitting the 10,000 steps. Like I eat my yogurt bowl every morning while standing so that by the time I'm done, I've hit 10,000 steps. Even if I'm just like, <laughs> I've seen the videos of you on Instagram. Like I'm like, that's impressive, man. That's commitment. So like even if I'm posting something on social media from work, I walk around the hallways because maybe I did ended up doing 20 minutes of walking where normally I would just like be on the couch or sitting on bed writing that. So it just mm. like today I knew that I was going to have a day where I was going to be sitting down for quite a while. So I went walking around my my building while reading on my iPad and stuff. So yeah, I do similar things. Yeah. I do similar things. Like I know that, uh, for example, I have to edit some reels that I've recorded. So I'm going to go for a walk while I do that because I can edit and walk on my phone, you know? Yeah. And like, Really it's good just place what you have to do. Like I'm sitting down all day as well. Like, you know, same as you, like I'm a personal trainer, but that doesn't mean uh, I'm in a gym 24 seven. Like I spend most of my time here at the desk, whiteboard in the back typing, you know, like doing my thing. But you know, sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. Like we we're talking before it's that trade off, like, you know, and that's why people with sedentary jobs that don't have the effort or have the awareness that movement is such a powerful factor for health. Like, you know, they're missing out on the benefits. Yeah. My favorite place to edit reels is on the bike, on the stationary bike. Ah, uh, so yeah, I see. Time goes by and you burn that many calories. And You're you like sweating, reels. dripping yeah. on the phone. Like <laughs> and you hit post, you finish the workout, and you know it's it's done, and you hit the calories. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always considered getting a treadmill desk, but I but we don't have a big enough apartment yet because it'd literally be like in the lounge. <laughs> like, yeah, I like yeah 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 well well, i'd like to have it at home so i can walk and do stuff like that uh, but then again i think like i like to go outside as well to like walk like it's always nice to be in nature like it's much different than staring at a wall in front of me and just kind of doing my thing yeah, um, sure. um one thing i want to kind of start wrapping up the podcast with because we've already been talking for about an hour i think um what's 
like, you know, with this podcast, it's called Better With Brock because it's about becoming better. You know, obviously you've been sharing what's helped you become better, what obstacles you've overcome. But in a more general aspect of life and self-development, what's something that you do every day to become better? I think, what do I do every day to become better? Take, take some time if you want, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty broad, but you know, like some people have their things. Like for example, I wake up and read this thing called the thank bank that I used to call gratitude list, but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that, yeah, that's the thing that I, um, I wake up and I've, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this a fair bit, but I'll, so I'll keep it brief, but I, I kind of write things that I'm grateful for simple things like a roof over my head, uh, clothes on my body you know, like real basic because that takes you back to gratitude. So like if you start your day with that, I'm grateful to be alive type of chat, then, yeah. then, then, then everything else is cool because we're so blessed already. Like the life that we have, there's a lot of first world problems these days. So it's really easy to go, Oh, I don't have the latest AirPods or, you know, I don't have the latest MacBook, but if you go, oh, I've got clothes, I've got enough money to survive, you know, um, I've got food. And, you know, I've got friends, I've got family, then, you know, so I, I kind of say that stuff first. And I, then I'm, I do that at night. I do that before bed. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the morning and night are supposedly the most crucial time to do that because it's when your brain's fresh and it's also when you're about to go to sleep and then you're about to kind of, I guess, rest on those thoughts that you last thought. Yeah. So, so the first thing is gratitude for what I have. The, the second thing is declaring what I want to become. And the person I want to be because I'm just Brock 28.0 and the 29.0 version could be different and could be better, you know, so I kind of declare what I want to be. I want to be hardworking. I want to be generous. I want to be unique. I want to be um, diligent. You know, I want to be this and then, you know, I want to be that. And then I declare what I want from life. So pretty much my goals. Yeah. You know, I want to achieve this. I want to help these people. I want to help this many people. You know, I want to have a website that does this, you know, like I, I get quite specific then because I believe, you know, the perspective you have to look through life really determines what you get back. So yeah. having eyes to see those things allows you to attract them, I think, and put the work to get them because, you know, I did this crazy thing where I wanted like back in the day, I, it was a small thing. Like I just wanted to rent a house, a one bedroom apartment with a water view. Like I said that in 2016 and then in 2017, I had it. And that wasn't because of, you know, I do believe in the secret and law of attraction, but I don't think that you just sit and dream and it happens. Like I worked yeah. for it. I was on real estate apps and, you know, I paid for it and blah, 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 you know, that sort of stuff. So I wanted that stuff and I saw it and it happened. So I like to put those things out there so I can do what I do to need to, sure. to, to get there. And then the last thing I like to read is just quotes that kind of just, just pretty much they motivate me. They inspire me. I have all these quotes that I read. There's probably about 30 of them. And every time I hear a good one, I just put it on. So every yeah. morning I'm kind of filling myself with things. So that's, I guess, if I was to answer your question, that's what I do. That's my thing that like makes me bulletproof for the day. Like if someone says, Brock, you're a stupid personal trainer. I hope you die or something like that. I'm like, I don't care because I've like made myself bulletproof because I know where I am and what I want. So yeah. yeah. I, I for sure, the gratitude, the gratitude aspect is key. Like I, I like to do it before I go to sleep. So I'll revisit the 10 things that happened that day that made 
the day um, nice, even if something really bad happened. Like sometimes I'll just, I'll say like somebody gave me a smile and that made me feel nice or somebody, you know, uh, or the power didn't go out because in Puerto Rico we have blackouts all the time. So I was like, oh, today the power didn't go out and I was able to do everything that I needed to do. Or, you know, I, my back feels much better. So I'll give thanks for little things. Sometimes I'll give thanks for, for you. Like you're on my list. I'll be like, and I'm thankful that, that I have Brock because I wouldn't have been able to do this. And it's really crazy because I started writing down, like I did the, like, the things that I want to do, the things that I want to get. And when you get them, it's really easy to forget that you wanted that a year ago, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I like rereading the things that I wanted because you realize that life gave them to you. And I had, one of the things was like, I want to look my best or I want to lose this amount of weight. And I had forgotten that I was so specific when I asked for that. And I wrote that down that I went back and I was like, you got like tenfold what you wanted and you almost forgot that. And like the yeah. universe is providing, but if you don't, like I, if you don't, and I'm at the process right now, redoing that whole thing, rereading those lists to see actually how much you, you've gotten and you've accomplished so that then you, you feel like, wow, you know, I, it, it happened for me. And then it, because we forget about all the good things that happen. It's so easy to do that. Yeah, it just becomes like default. Like you, you got it and you didn't even re recognize that you wanted it that badly. Um, and then the other thing that I think makes my, I wouldn't say that it make maybe it does make me better, but it makes my life better is my two pets, Calypso and Bolero, my two little parrots. My I've days seen that start on, on Instagram, weird. man. It's crazy. They, I love like, when they make a feature. They start, like my day starts with them saying, good morning, my love, and giving me kisses. So it's, it, it, you can't go, like, it doesn't get any how, better than How that. can you have a bad day after that, man? I know. Like, I start the day smiling and laughing at what they're doing and saying. So I think that that puts me in a, in a particular mindset. I think that they help calm me. Um, they make me kind of like a more empathetic person as well. Um, not just for humans, but for, like, other species. Um, and I think also, like, I'm really aware that I'm doing what I want. Like, I'm very happy with my career. and I'm doing meaningful work here. And I feel like my work matters. So I don't go to work thinking I'm just getting money. I'm just doing this to get paid. I have a ton of respect for people who that's the life that they have. Um, and I'm happy and I'm grateful that in my case, I feel like I'm, I just, I don't have a job. I have kind of like a mission. Yeah. And I think that that helps kind of like give me a different mood during the day. And it makes me like just be a happier person. Yeah. I think that, so there's two things I'd, I'd, I'd add to that with the whole mission over a job thing. I think the first thing with a mission is it's not very hard to, to stay motivated. Like for example, the concept of me being unmotivated does not come to my mind just because I'm not chasing a paycheck. Like I was doing this a long time ago before any sort of, I guess, success or, or having a, you know, a group of clients, to work with like you know before i had that like i was doing this ages ago like having a mission like if you're doing something you love you don't have to go oh okay let's go let's do this like you know if you're doing something like let's say you love playing playstation games you love playing call of duty you don't have to get motivated to do that you don't have to go oh i hope someone helps me turn on the playstation like you like you'll do that you'll sit down and you'll do that for hours and like yeah. if you can do that with something that you enjoy then you don't have to get motivated. And the second thing that I would add to that is like with 
the concept of having your own worth, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, it kind of baffles me that people would do a job. And I understand not everyone's in the same situation as us to, to find their passion because sometimes people don't have their passion. But if you have the opportunity or you have time on your side to do so, which most of us do, like whether we know it or not, like try and do something you enjoy. Like we spend majority, I would say majority of our life working. Majority. Like if you work nine to five, 40 hours, if you sleep eight hours, like that's half of your waking day. Yeah. Like we, we spend that doing our job. Why would you do something that's literally like boring you to death? Like that's what you do most of your life. Like, like I was talking about it you know, yesterday on a podcast as well. Like you have to try things and I'm not trying to get like motivational or motivational speaker, life coach, whatever, but like you have to try things. Like I've tried many jobs that I just didn't like, but the things yeah. that I didn't like led me to what I did like. Mm -hmm. And I think too many of us are too scared to step out and try things. Like, you know, I wash dishes, I serve tables. Um, I, I, I sold flip-flops. I hated that. <laughs> you know, I, I flipped burgers at a rugby stadium. Um, I used to actually, this was quite a cool job. I used to um, be a ball boy at the rugby stadium because I was really into rugby and my principal chose the ball boys for the stadium. So when the All Blacks would play at Jade Stadium back in the day, I was the guy that like, if they kicked the ball out, I would bring the ball back, you know, and be like, here you go and wipe it with a towel. Like, you know, like I tried all these different things and I always said yes to things. I used to clean the church when I was back going to church and I was really into it. Uh, when I was singing, that was my main job. But if you don't make it in singing, you don't get paid. So I was like literally cleaning the church, like the toilets. I was vacuuming everything. Like I was doing that on the side, but yeah. just to kind of get by. But doing all these things, you discover what you don't like. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's, that's important to discovering what you like because life's too short to spend half of your waking life doing something that you hate or something that even slowly kills you. Like it kills, like there's some people you talk to that are just beaten down. They're like struggling and they're just stuck in this world. But like, I think we need to try as many things as possible to get to something that we enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They have, I, like I've seen it with friends and um, partners of friends who are doing jobs that they don't really like and that they know that that's not what they want to do in life. They're equipped with like, the capacity and the skill set and the the education to change the circumstance but but they don't and i don't know i'm not like that i'm not built like that like i'm built to get what i want um but i i don't understand the mentality of if you have the power because i know that some people have are just dealt really shitty cards and like it's mm. like circumstance just led you to that and you're i understand that sometimes you're stuck in it and you can't get out of it but I think there's also like young people and educated people who are stuck in circumstances that they don't enjoy. I don't get that. I think that to me is like baffling. You have to climb your way out somehow. Like there, you know, you can't be defeated by that. And yeah, like that's why I'm a big fan of, you know, not the initial time of going through adversity because that is always the worst time. But I think adversity is a great like development for your character. Like, you know, the stuff that I went through when I was younger, losing my mom, that made me a stronger person. You know, not that I'd wish that upon anyone, but, you know, that can really generate like your problems that used to be huge and now very small because you know what's important. Coming right. back to that gratitude thing, like, you know, you're just grateful for being alive. That's a really fundamental thing. Once you have anything and above that. The people that you still have in your life. 
Yeah. And like, and, and, and then anything above that is a bonus. So why not go for it? You know, but then there's also some personalities that take a different approach to that. They might let that really impact them, you know? So we all have different, you, you know, it's tricky to say, oh, you know, if you go through something hard, you just have to grow out of it because sometimes people don't have the, you know, the, the strength to get through that or the people around them or the environment, you know, or the mental capacity. But yeah, I think, you know, that's a great teacher for us all. And I think that, you know, when we go through those things, it can help like develop that grit, I think. For to sure. Get through those things. So I think we could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, but is there anything you want to, I guess, throw to like, you know, I, I know you are running your exhibition. I know you have a radio show um, that not everyone would know coming on this, hearing about your fitness journey and stuff like that. Obviously that's what I know you as or your world in terms of yeah. fitness, but I also know, you know, your career is a big part of your life. Is there anything you want to, I guess, let people know where they can check it out if they want to? Yeah. If they want to follow my, my project, it's called Queertopia. It's spelled C-U-I-R-T-O-P-I-A. It's this really beautiful project um, that talks about um, island life and what it's like to, to reimagine what Caribbean spaces can be for the queer community here. Um, there's a lot of artwork, beautiful drawings, maps, models, artifacts, um, beautiful imagery. So yeah, if people want to check it out, that'd be really cool. And, but the most important thing I think is to spread the word, I think about the podcast and about your page, Brock. I think that's the most important thing. And I, and I keep telling my friends, follow him because people message me and ask me for advice. And I'm like, follow Brock because no one's going to be able to explain it better than he does on his posts. So thank you for bringing me on and for working with me all this time because it's been just like the craziest journey. It's been so fun, worth the whole like pain, sweat, <laughs> hardship, starvation. Sounds great, <laughs> man. You're selling it very well. <laughs> well, the thing is, if, if and I, I, tell, I do tell my friends when they're like, oh, I just, if, there were no results, I would have given up a long time ago. Like I would have, I would have called BS. But because the results are there, like sometimes like daily, other times normally it's weekly, sometimes monthly, but it's all documented there and it works. And it's, you know, it works for me and it works for a bunch of other people. So it, it, if you have to suffer a little bit, you see the result at the end of the day. And I think that that is what motivates people to keep going because you literally know that it's right there. Like I know that if I stick up the rest of the week at 1700 calories, I'm going to hit the 70 pound weight loss goal, which doesn't mean anything really in terms of what it, what it does for my body, but it, it's just like an imaginary number that means something to me. It's a box to be ticked, man. You know, you're an ambitious person. You like to feel like you're making progress. And I think even though those numbers don't mean anything on paper for you, it's like, I did that. You know, yeah. like that's a, it's a special thing and you've completely changed yourself. So, you know, I, like I, I completely see that, you know, I hundred percent see that. Um, thanks for the kind words, man. I appreciate it. It's really overwhelming to hear sometimes, you know, I get really focused on let's do this, let's do that. You know, I'm a very look forward person. I've always struggled with celebrating things in terms of like, like, like you know, even my client's progress because, you know, there's, I don't know, there's there's like a million things to do in life, but like, it's nice to be brought back and, you know, even hear you say that it's really special, man. But 
you know, as much as I've played a part, it takes two to tango. You know, you have to, let's put, put it in your words, starve yourself. <laughs> you know, you have to train when you don't feel like it. You know, you have to wake up and, you know, do steps while you're reading books on the iPad. You know, you, you know, you've had to do all that. And that's where, you know, I definitely wanted to have you on because you're the person that's done the work. And that's what I want to communicate with the podcast, with my message. Just, you know, if you hear Brock Ashby name overall, it's just like, you know, there has to be work. Like it's hard, like to achieve things. I don't like this message. Like fat loss is easy. You know, it's just like a walk in the park. You know, like we said, yeah, there's no quick fix. There's no, tr like there has to be a trade-off. There has to be something that you give up to change. Because if you do the same things, you know, there's that quote, there's insanity. It's insanity to expect different results. You have to do different things to, to be in a different place than where you are now. And you're that person that's done that, you know, which is inspiring. Like even, posting your transformation photos and, and just seeing them when I check in with you every single week, it's like, wow, man, this, like, this guy's killing it, man. He's like achieving things. This is what people want to do. And that's why I yeah. wanted to get your message out there because it's like, it's unique, you know, unfortunately, yeah, like unfortunately it's unique. You know, I would love everyone to get the results that you get, but you know, it takes a certain mindset and a certain courage to do that. I think that's why like sometimes my, my followers and my friends will, because the account that you follow, regner.xyz, was about my work. People weren't used to seeing fitness content. But the reason why I share it is because I want people to realize that it takes a lot of work to be successful in everything. It, I'm, it, it takes a lot of work to lose this amount of weight. It takes a lot of work to build muscle, just as much as it takes a lot of work to put on an exhibition or publish a book or get ahead in your career. It takes effort. And I think a lot of times people on social media like to post the outcome, but it, it looks really pretty when it's just the outcome and you don't know how to get there. So I like to share the journey so that people know just how hard I work, but also because I do it, if I did it, and I never thought that I could do it because I'm an academic. I'm, you know, I, 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 my brain was focusing on other things. If I can do it, it's, it's, anyone can do it, but it's going to take work and it's going to take focus. And you just have to commit. Yeah. But it's, you know, that's the inspiring thing, like seeing, seeing the journey. But I also think when you say that it's hard work, it qualifies people that are up to the job to do it. I think when you say, this was easy, I lost 70 pounds, like check it out. It's like, people think, oh yeah, this is easy. They, they give it a go, they don't lose 70 pounds, they don't even lose one pound because they can't stick to the diet. They give up and then they're like, fitness isn't for me. But if you say, guys, I did it, but it was hard. I did this, I did that, look like, and you document it as you go, people are like, wow, it takes this to do this. So then you have a more accurate idea of how you can get there yourself. But if you just see the outcome, like you said, and this whole fluffy idea of fat loss is easy, you just need to, you know, stop eating bread. And then, you know, in, in three days you lose three kilos. Like it's so great. Like I hate that message. Like that's not the truth. Yeah. But, but what you're spreading is the truth. Yeah. And I think that at the beginning, you really have to kind of like arm yourself. Like I, like I said, when I lost four pounds, I was expecting people to tell me, you look skinnier. And it's like, it, it doesn't work that way. At four pounds, when you're 227 pounds, no one <laughs> can tell anything. Like I could barely tell. So it, you can't rely on anything else, any external validation. You just have to go through the motions and, and do it every day and weigh yourself and take it week by week and not get discouraged. But the outcome will come and it's going to feel so great 
when it when you do see it and when everyone starts noticing and when your clothes no longer fit and you see the pictures the before and after like it's it, it's crazy like it becomes almost addictive like oh my god if i did this what's next what can i do next yeah but there's uh, worse have- things to be addicted to you know what i mean oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, yeah. it's a, it's super inspiring, man. So um, I'm excited to uh, get through the 70 pound uh, milestone just to tick the box and yeah. then continue to see where we can go. It'll be cool to, you know, really commit to a build phase or a maintenance phase for a while so we can get some more calories in and, you know, really push it to work. And that's one thing I'll, I, I guess I'd like to end the podcast with is like, you don't have to live in a deficit. People, yeah. you know, will hear you saying, oh, I'm on 1,700 calories and stuff like that. That's not forever. That's just to get from A to B. And, we've and I been- should also say that, that, I don't know if you recall, but this was me telling you, Brock, I think that we need to be really aggressive and bring it down. To <laughs> this is your fault, man. You did this to yourself. My friends, like, they're like, why, why is he giving you 1,700? I was like, I asked him for 1,700 because I needed to be more aggressive to hit the 70 pound mark. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, it's all it's all unique to you. Like some people can handle aggressive things. Like you're very committed. You're very driven. You're data driven. So you can see what's occurring. So you can stick to it. Some people can't handle the low calories. They last two days and then they're like, I'm starving. I'm getting BK on the way home and I'm giving up. So like, once again, that's credit to you for the mindset that you carry and your diligence to achieve. Um, But not everyone can handle it. For example, me, even though I still have that mindset of diligence and stuff like that, I just prefer more calories. So I'm like really slow. I like a slow cut. I'm like, all right, I want to drop a couple of kilos. I'm going to drop it in eight weeks. So I just go super slow. Like I can't tell. All I do is like, instead of having ice cream at night, I'll have an apple. Bang. If I do that over eight weeks, I'll lose two kilos like super slowly, you know, but that's what I like. That's what I prefer at this time. But if someone's like, Hey man, let's do a photo shoot next week. You know, I'll probably be like, let's go the Rigner approach. You know, let's drop down to 1700 and just like ax it, you know? So it all depends. You also said something really, really, I think, um, insightful in one of the posts that you had done where it's not about, um, where it's about getting as much food as you possibly can within those 1700 calories and not eating as little as you can. So I think that now that I've done this for such a long time, um, this last cycle of 1700 calories, I can manage it a lot better because I know already what what's best like what works best what's going to fill me for longer even though i'm hungry most of the time but i it's not but like you I'm could be hungrier so though that's the thing I you could be hungrier. hungrier i could be hungrier and i could be miserable i get hangry uh, like sometimes but yeah um i do eat well like my, my i'm not literally starving myself i am eating yeah a significant amount of chicken and protein and yogurt like i'm not starving myself um but your body does notice that you're running on low fuel, particularly. Oh, oh, of course. Like, but that's the nature of the calorie deficit. Like that's what people have to understand. And that's why I don't like the whole fat loss airy fairy. Oh, I just lose weight. Like, like a, you know, like I sneeze and all my weight falls off. It's not, it's not like that, man. Like a calorie deficit. If you look at it and break it down, it's like controlled starvation. It's still starvation. You're receiving less than your body needs. That's classed as starvation, right? So let's like, make it very clear that a diet is just a fancy word for controlled starvation. So once you understand that, you can understand that you will feel hungry. That's what happens when you starve, when you starve your dog, your dog will come up to you and bark at you until you feed it because it's hungry. Like yeah. if you put it on a 
deficit if you were to do that for a dog that's a little bit overweight it's gonna like tell tell you that it's hungry and it's the same with you so once you get that you understand yes dieting is going to be hard but once again that's more i think empowering than disempowering because you know that when you get hunger hungry you're like this is part of the process i'm doing yeah. it right it's not like oh i'm hungry i shouldn't be hungry i'm dieting i'm giving up i need pizza it's like okay i'm meant to be hungry so this is what's meant to happen and once again with that eating as much food as possible i'm so pro that like i feel like social media almost glorifies how little you can eat it's like these fitness influencers are like almost posting how, how little they eat and you know how how yeah like how, how much they can starve themselves they're like oh you know you know this is my 1200 calorie day i'm like man like you don't eat like that like you don't eat like that like that is not sustainable like let's talk about how how much we can eat calorie wise but also if the calories are lower how much can we fit in that like you know i don't like this whole under reading kind of fitness thing like 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 it used to be cool like bodybuilders being like hey man like i post this and it's like tupperware of like chicken and broccoli like that's gone. Like we know better than that. We don't have to eat like that anymore. Like we can have, yeah, big yogurt bowls. We can have big chicken bowls, you know, rice bowls and all that kind of stuff whilst we're dieting. Like that's what I want to talk about. And it's cool that you're talking about that as well. Cause like you're literally living it. Like you're on a deficit. Sure. Your calories are a bit low, but you're still trying to put as much as you can in there. For sure. So I'm looking forward to this week being over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, let's get through it. Let's get through it. All right, man. Well, let's call it there, man. Once again, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, yeah, man. And I'll, uh, I'll edit this up and I'll get it back to you and we'll go from there. But I'll see you in your weekly check-in. Uh, photos, measurements, weight. This is me as a coach talking now. <laughs> yeah. I'll see your check-in and then, yeah, we'll uh, make some changes from there, get some more food in there, maybe sneak yeah. some M&Ms in there. And <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And we'll change the approach. But, um, man, thanks for coming on been awesome Thank to hear you, your yeah. story like even though i know your story it's nice to get the insight yeah. and finally you know talk to you like this yeah cool well thank you for inviting me and i'll see you later yeah man i'll see you soon bye catch you brother bye bye